0: The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. I believe Holy Spirit is, is continually
1: trying to help us be super people. We shouldn't be normal people. I love we should that. be super sure. people, supernatural. All of our movies on Wolverine and Supergirl and Superman, they show this instinctive desire, there's something greater in me
0: yeah. to do learning to live the spirit contemporary life and allow the spirit to be a part of our everyday life in a way that is fresh to the people around you. Next,
2: Welcome to Life Today. I'm Randy Robinson. So glad you're with us. Sheila Walsh is with me, and I have a question for you. Do you experience miracles? Should you experience miracles? Is it really something we should expect? That's something we're going to talk about, and we have a wonderful guest to do it. Sheila, I believe you know our guest.
3: Well, I had the privilege when I was up in Canada um, of being on this um, amazing pastor's show. I was so impressed with everything he had to share that the minute I came back, I said to, to your mom and dad, we have got to get this guy on the show. Okay. So I would ask our audience, would you please make very welcome Leon Fontaine? <laughs> so great to have you here. Thank you, thank you. You have a a book that sort of, I think,
2: sums up your philosophy Mm -hmm. called The Spirit Contemporary Life. What? What? the heck is a spirit <laughs> contemporary life. I'm not
1: sure what that means. You know, in, uh, I was raised in a wonderful pastor's home. So I, I can't, you know, most psychologists and psychiatrists, you get to blame your mom for everything. <laughs> yes, of course. So I can't do that because both of them are amazing pastors and leaders. More on the Pentecostal experience. And I know we have a lot of denominations today. And so I was raised in a great home. and But then when, when I came, Sal and I had a pastor our own church, people would often ask us, are you, are you guys seeker sensitive? Because I love what Bill Hybels has done to the kingdom of God. It's made every denomination think about how do we attract seekers? And so so I love him for that. But then they'd ask me, so are you seeker sensitive? And I'd say, well, yes. Load of questions. Oh, so then you're not spirit filled. <laughs> and I go, oh no, I am too. And they go, you can't be both. <laughs> and I go, I am. And so I, I, I found it hard because a lot of the expression in many churches in the pentecostal to charismatic camp would be to the place where i consider it uh, a little bit much and it turns off my family my friends uh, etc but i wanted to see miracles and i in a way that I didn't have to compromise, but I also didn't have to add a Hollywood production. Mm -hmm. And that was my journey of the church at Springs Church was that we didn't have any great churches in Canada. But by that, I mean large, just evangelizing and winning people 22 years ago when we started. And so Sally and I, 22 years ago, we really have thought this through when we were working with my dad who was a wonderful pastor and my mom. But we began to think about how could we be spiritually alive but contemporary and cool and culturally relevant. That was the journey and the church just exploded.
3: But it's interesting when you go back a little bit, um, I remember you talking about the dissonance between, you know, you're brought up with pastors in a more Pentecostal tradition. Then you have a job as a paramedic (laughs) and it's like they become two separate worlds and that world doesn't touch this world. What began to happen in you during that time?
1: Well, you know, we would have these services that we still do today where we would, um, we'd play beautiful music and the choir would worship and, and and we would all just take a moment to pray for people who were hurting, maybe lost loved ones, maybe sick in body. or And so in this time of just, creating a beautiful uh, worship service. We would pray for miracles, and we would see God do miracles. Uh, so when I first became a paramedic, my dad's church was so small, he couldn't afford to hire me as his youth pastor, so I became a paramedic. But I remember one time, one of my worst, one of my first really bad calls at three in the morning. Uh, we drove the ambulance into a, up to this car accident scene. A mom was hanging upside down in her seatbelt. Mm. Um, and when the lights lit up, the scene: there was water, and there was blood in the water. One child had already died; another was hanging in the seatbelt with the mom. To give you an understanding of how much this just traumatized me, and as I stepped out and I began to walk down into the ditch, I was that day on. It was my job to cut a hole in that car, get in there, and maximize survivors and get in air, airways, etc. And you know how you can go through something in your mind for. You know, an entire lifetime can flash through your mind in seconds. And this is what came to my mind. said, Father, I'm a little preacher's boy, and I've learned to pray with people in a church, with ushers and greeters, controlling the atmosphere. And beautiful, he touched me playing. And, and we'd still do that. We love that. But here I am, and the only sound I've got is the groans of that mom mm. and sirens in the distance coming here, someone's screaming at me over there, a fireman over there, and they're they're blocking off the highway over there. There is no sense of anointing. There is no sense of, and I said, God, this is where I need to see miracles. Help me to learn. And that began a journey as seven years as a paramedic, and then pastoring at the same time with my dad, of learning to pray with people in a way that didn't require me to make uh, prophetic statements that might not come true, or to in a way force it on people. I learned the difference between the power of God and force, which too many people try to use. And I began to see miracles like I had never seen before, but only read about, but they weren't done with me screaming, shouting, throwing bodies against the wall, like Smith Wigglesworth were some of these amazing old time stories, because in today's world, I'd be arrested for, for something <laughs> like that or or lose my job. And so I learned to slip into rooms as people were dying and just quietly share Jesus and hold their hand when they went into eternity. I went in and prayed with moms with cancer, and if I couldn't get them healed, and I, I don't have all the answers, I'd get her saved and know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And i begin to teach our church how to minister Jesus to people in a way that they would love and accept. Because Jesus grew in favor with God, but Jesus grew in favor with man. Mm-hmm. The message is gorgeous. The message of Jesus is incredible. It's the messengers that need work. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah.
2: <laughs> you, you mentioned,
1: okay, you have an EMT background, okay, a first
2: responder, um, and you, you mentioned Wanting to see miracles, seeing miracles, and seeing people die—yeah—where does that all balance out? I mean, should we have expectations? Should we measure in
1: some way whether we're operating in the miraculous or not? That's a great question. You know, that shut me down for years. After I became, when I was involved in this, uh, I wouldn't—I was never always successful. And I saw two trains of thought in the body of Christ. One was that it wasn't God's will for that miracle to take place. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and there's so many differences. I'm not going to argue this one. I'll just share my thoughts. Okay. Because yes, okay. sure. I don't want to. But, and so if, if someone's child died, um, you know, God needed them in heaven. Or he has a higher yeah. reason for this, which was really hard to sell to the mom. Yeah. And then it was the other side was, well, you didn't have enough faith. You didn't do something right, which was devastating as well to the mom. And so I begin to just tell people when we would pray with them that, you know, we live in a fallen world. And even though things are God's will, for example, it is God's will that nobody perish, that none go into eternity without Christ. His will is not happening. People are still going to hell. Mm -hmm. even though it's his will Mm -hmm. that they go to heaven and so I would just say you know what it's God's will to heal to do miracles to bring healing to your life and I don't understand all the reasons why they don't in this fallen world and this fallen body and a mind that I'm working to renew and a heart that I'm working to establish in grace and and all the things that we're we're doing in a sense of and so I just say heaven is beautiful in fact when I go into uh rooms as a pastor where someone is dying of a disease like fourth stage cancer we've trained our pastors to always do this you will always firstly talk about dying and it shocks them because I'll step into the room and just say hey before we pray with you and believe God for miracles and and I think it's going to be exciting to see this journey and believe with you for for God to heal and touch you let's talk about death and you can just see the people just like what where are you going and then I'll I'll remove the horror of death. Mm. No one enjoys losing someone Mm. because you don't get to hug them again. You don't get to talk to them. But no one really dies. They just move into a place called heaven. And when they pass away in that room, their eyes open to the visions of heaven, their, their ears open to the sounds of heaven. I mean, it's got to be gorgeous and amazing. So they're just waiting for us and we will spend eternity with them. And so I'll talk about dying and I'll talk about if there's things you want to say to your kids and your spouse in this process, whereas many people who want miracles would shy away from ever talking about something as terminal as leaving the planet. And kids who've lost a mom or a dad feel ripped off because I I wanted to speak to them. I wanted to talk with them. Or they will tell me, Leon, I just wanted to say something to my kids. And so we literally, at the very beginning, just say, get your affairs in order. Mm -hmm. Talk to your kids in a way that, you know, we all know we're all gonna die. It's one for one. Mm -hmm. It's not always comfortable. It's never comfortable. And so we would always tell people that, yeah, there's a battle. There's a fight that's going on, and we're going to be with you on this. And even if I lose somebody, I usually win the whole family Mm. because of that approach. Mm -hmm. I
3: want to ask for somebody watching, Leon, who thinks this spirit contemporary life, you know, I've maybe been a believer for 30 years. What would this look like for me? How do I even begin to open up my life to live this way?
1: Well, you know, for every mile of truth, there's two miles of ditch. So the Christians are famous for getting in the ditch on the side of being so cool and so incognito and so secret service that we blend. Yeah, and then we got people on the other side that are so weird, so wild, so condescending, so arrogant, so sure. I'm right. They won't even listen to someone else's. Re- so there's no respect. There's no honor. Yeah. To me, spirit contemporary, it finds this middle place that says, I wanna be filled with the spirit and the presence of God. But Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, when he was with Jews, he knew how to speak and communicate Jewishly, when he was with Greeks, when he was with those without the law or with the law, he would know how to communicate. And so what we found was that wherever you are, if you're a business, say you're a board member, a CFO of a large company, and you are looking at the strategies for next year. So they roll them out and you're in the meeting. It's a huge meeting. Your whole career is tied to this. There's millions of dollars on the line for the future. And as you're sitting there, you sense in your spirit, you know, just down in there, this is not going to work. And that would be Holy Spirit nudging you, guiding you, because you can do something about it. So they say, I'm the CFO. So then as they turn to me, Leon, you're the CFO of this company. What do you think about the strategy and what the team has rolled out here? And I, I can't go, well, the Lord just spoke to me as I was sitting here, because in Canada, they'll lock you up. <laughs> I mean, you know, and if you hear voices or you hear from God, you that is a career limiting move. <laughs> okay. Right. So how do you represent? Because I do want to bring my expertise and what God adds i teach our people this look at them and say you know my hat's off to the strategy team but i just get a gut feeling that we're missing something and i don't think that's going to work now people right away say compromise you should be th- quoting jesus speaking in Elizabethan english mm-hmm. thus saith the lord but what I found was if you could honor people, respect people, speak their language, understand their issues and their and, and they'll never forget my gut if it fails. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as I help that company succeed and grow, it will be the actions of me being a blessing in their world that opens them up yeah. to me more yeah. than some, uh, you know, spiritual thing yeah. that i have able to. Yeah. But even doing that, though, even doing that
2: is risky. Yeah, But one thing true. you
1: say in your book is that it's always worth the risk yeah. to reach out. Yes. And so one of the sh- things that we were talking about in the green room was an example that happened a lot was I would just be signing. Like I signed a, a truck bill one time for a truck driver and tough looking guy. And while I'm signing it, I get this nudge from the Holy Spirit <laughs> that He's going to commit suicide. It just suicide oh. rose up on the inside of me. Ooh. So now I got a choice. I mean, in the in in one of the denominations that I used to hang out with, I mean, it was thus saith the Lord unto thee, Thou shalt not mm-hmm. take thine mm-hmm. own life. But mm-hmm. but, he's going to look at me like I'm a freak. Sure. And so what do I say? Well, how do I do I say? You know, the Lord just spoke to me. <laughs> But it might fly between Christians, Mm -hmm. but this guy, he he, he was a biker, he was tattooed, he was a mean, angry man. So I looked him in the face and confidently, but just cautiously, handed him his ladle back and I said, man, don't do it. What "What the beep, beep, beep you talking about? I said, don't take your life. And then he just looked stunned. And he looked around and he says, how did you know that? And I said, is it true? Man, I was going to off myself right after this call. And, and so I, I just said, well, if you're going to do that, you got time for lunch. Well, yeah. So I just took him out for lunch, bought him a big meal. a <laughs> full Yes. <laughs> and he gave his life to Jesus. <laughs> wow. That's because powerful. and I believe that Holy Spirit is like it's kind of like the television signal, the radio signal. He's always sending to us individually, mm-hmm. my sheep hear my voice, and I call them by name. So individually, specifically, even how to raise your kid, how to make money, what to do in this health crisis. A warning, don't go in there. Don't go, I believe Holy Spirit is is continually trying to help us be don't get upset about this, but super people. We shouldn't be normal people, I love we should that. be super sure. people, supernatural, all of our movies on Wolverine and Supergirl and Superman, they show this instinctive desire, there's something greater in me yeah. hmm. to do. And so when I begin to teach this to our teens and our 20-somethings, I mean, they begin to rise up and, y- Ask Holy Spirit to guide them in business, Mm. in raising your kids. My mom, I, I, I laugh because I have four brothers, and we were a piece of work, all five of us. And if one of my brothers would bring pornography or drugs into the house, we'd be at the table eating. Also, my mom would go like this. She'd look around the table like this, and she'd get up. And we had a basement, a full basement with bedrooms. And she would walk down the stairs. One of you boys has brought something into our home. And we all kind of go, and she would walk right. We had a suspended ceiling. She would walk right to the tile, get a chair, put her hand up in there, grab the bag of drugs and flush it down the toilet. She did not look. She was not. (laughs) she She knew by the spirit of God. And so we grew up in that, and I recognize it now that I'm a dad and a grandpa and you know we're running multiple organizations, we need millions of dollars, when we were working on land deals, and I just found out from the hospital to the financial world to raising kids, that when I would find some quiet time, Holy Spirit would guide me. And even in the midst of craziness, like I remember one time I had an accident scene where I was in charge of it, and we had about four to five patients. We had multiple units. We had fire trucks. We had police cars. I'm a young man, and I'm praying every day, God, guide me. And as I, as I was walking, they were just getting the patient scooped and immobilized and everything, and I saw one patient laying on his belly. Great team was looking after him, and they had put a collar on. They were about to roll him off of his stomach onto the backboard and then into the ambulance and as I'm looking around and my job is to make sure that it's safe and all of a sudden I looked at him and something just jumped inside of me and I went stop and they looked at me and I was supervisor. So they had to stop and I quickly ran over there put a pair of gloves on said there's something wrong here that you've missed now they were good they don't miss much and what had happened was he had a, he had a cut from here to here with his stomach and everything it was all wide open and he was laying there and in the cold he hadn't bled yet cuz they would scan for blood and if they would have rolled him would've. everything would have been it would have been horrible mm. and so i quickly put my hands under there and i found it and we rolled him as a unit with my hands being his stomach wall mm-hmm. and they look at me and they all realize it was one of those I've never seen that ever mm-hmm. happen like that but that was simply a nudging it was it was a sense of warning from Holy mm-hmm. Spirit mm-hmm. and so I've had probably 13 death threats I've had three or four attempts on my life and multiple times God has guided me with wow. what to do where to go it wow. makes makes me
2: wonder if we truly let the Spirit lead our lives and not in some you know, weird way, up weird way, but in a very practical way. Yes. How much could we change the world? Oh man. And our worlds, especially. Oh man. I think, I think we could.
3: The uh, thing that's exciting to me about this is that this is something that every single one of us um, can begin to live that way. To listen to that outrageous, fiery love of God and move in that. And one of the ways you help us do that and you're literally changing the world. It's because we find a need, we take hands with you, you join together and, and miracles happen. We're becoming the super body of Christ. Watch this.
1: Angola has been called the deadliest country for kids. Child mortality rates are among the highest in the world according to United Nations, with malnutrition as the underlying cause in most of those deaths. The mothers our mission teams visited may know nothing about statistics, but they do know the pain of seeing their children suffer and die because of a lack of food.
3: You're a good mom. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. I don't know if you can see, this little one is struggling to take every single breath that she takes. You know, Psalm 56 talks about the fact that God collects every tear in his bottle. I want this mom to know that God has collected all her tears.
0: But I'm afraid when it gets to that stage, it's prayer that helps more than anything else, because that little kid is in real trouble restore her little body that has been taken by the ravages of the only attrition. Jesus. Give us- you know what we try to do, Sheila, is we try and make sure they don't get you. And that's why mission feeding is so important. Right. Because it's mission feeding that prevents this from happening. And when you see things like this, absolutely breaks your heart. And The only thing that it spurs us on to do is to make sure that don't get you. You know, without the partnership with Life Outreach International, I think many, many hundreds of thousands, even millions of children would have lost their lives.
2: I don't think a child should ever be in that situation, Sheila.
3: I will never forget um, that malnutrition clinic or that sweet mom. Because sometimes people say to me, well, you know, that's just the way, that's just nature taking its course. You know, some, some people are just not. And I'm like, excuse me, no, we are the body of Christ on this earth. We are the ones who bring hope where there is no hope. We bring help where there is no help. We bring food when that's the need. You know, some people say, well, did you tell that mother that Jesus loved her? You know, first of all, my natural instinct was to hold her and say to her, you know what, this is not your fault. And you have a father in heaven who loves you and who's watching over you. But what Peter Pretorius said there is so true. We want to get to those kids before they ever end up in the malnutrition clinic. No mother should have to watch her child struggle to take one more breath. And to be able to go with Peter that day, literally, I mean, I I couldn't talk in the van, but we drove for five hours and we went to one of the villages where mission feeding is already in place. And it was literally like going from hell to heaven. It literally was like seeing darkness and hopelessness to seeing a place where children were running around, where they had a meal, and it's all possible. And it's so easy. Do you know that literally $30 will feed three children for three months? I mean, that's ridiculous. $50 will feed five children for three months, 110 children. And we have some amazing friends, you're probably watching, and they said to us, listen, we're gonna give you a matching gift, $400,000 on the table. So for everything you give, it'll be doubled. And we can even, with a school, we can feed a whole school full of children for three months for $1,400, and that will be doubled. So two schools. And I watch the kids don't go to school if they don't get food, but if we can say to them, hey, come on to school, we'll give you a good Mm -hmm. meal. And then they get an education and they can grow up to be men and women of destiny.
2: You know, Sheila, you you wondered whether you should tell that mother that, that God loved her. You did. You showed her that God loves her. And that's what we're asking you to do. You can't travel over there or send them an email or anything, but you can show those people that God loves them. When you partner with us, give them life, give them food, give them a chance, give their children a chance. You know, Sheila, um, that, that baby didn't make it.
3: No. You know, it was interesting. Peter prayed for that little one. And we watched, they wrapped her up in foil because that was all they had, but they couldn't get her body temperature up. And yeah, that little one didn't make it. But
2: there are others. But
3: there, but there are so others. many others. That clinic was full of children. Mm-hmm. And I just think that this is the most amazing God gift. When you think that so many of us spend half our life thinking, you know, that we, what we're gonna eat at our next meal and overeating, we can make a difference. We can get our lives back in balance and we can reach out a hand in Jesus' name and change the world.
2: Go to the phone, go online, reach out with love, and let's give those children a chance. Let's show them the love of Christ in word and deed. Go to the phones, go online right
3: now. Thank you.
0: In remote and impoverished villages of Africa, children are suffering, desperately in need of life-saving food, facing death by starvation. LIFE's Mission Feeding Program is there, ready now to feed and care for children in crisis areas of Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. With all of our previous reserves gone and Angola facing a record food shortage due to crop failure, we need to immediately replenish our funding and supplies for our feeding programs. As an answered prayer, a group of LIFE's friends have set a $400,000 matching gift challenge for Mission Feeding. This means your gift today can have a double impact. $30 for three children will be double to help feed six children. $50 to help feed five children will be double to save 10 children. And $100 for 10 children will be double to help feed 20 children. And don't forget your $1,400 gift to sponsor a school will now be double to feed children in two schools. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you Without Rival by author Lisa Bevere. With your double impact gift of $100 or more, please request the complete illustrated children's Bible. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000 which will now be double to help feed 200 children and you may request our beautiful majesty bronze sculpture. Please call, write or make your gift online today.
1: You know, here are two children at school. This little guy's got the United States flag on. I want our country to always be known as a country that gives life to children like these, not only saving their life from starvation, but from malnutrition that keeps them from learning as they should. Everyone in the United States watching me right now, you have a chance to make a gift and all our Canadian, Australian friends, United Kingdom, European friends, let's all help. Would you right now go to the phone or go online and respond and make the best gift you can possibly make? Please do it, don't turn away. Do what you can to help.
2: You know, the spirit contemporary life isn't always a safe one, but it's always a blessed one. We appreciate what you're sharing. Sheila wants to say a prayer yeah, I
3: just want to ask our viewers and those of our studio audience, God is using Leon and his wife and family so mightily. Would you just join me and pray for God's protection mm-hmm. over him? Please. Father, I thank you for this godly man, for the places that you are taking him, for the ways you are using him. And Lord, I ask for a hedge of protection around him, around his wife, around his children, around his church, around his steps, that you would order them wherever he goes. You go before him and behind him. And Lord, we thank you and we pray, Lord, that we will begin to see that spirit contemporary life alive in every single one of us, in Jesus' name.
2: Amen, amen. I want you to get Leon's book. It is going to bless you. It's going to revolutionize your life. You can get it when you make a gift towards mission feeding today. Phone number's still there. I want you to call, go online, give, and request Leon's book, and you can start leading a spirit contemporary life. Would you thank Leon for being with us today on Life
1: Today? Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. My joy. Appreciate
2: you. We appreciate you as well. Be sure to join us every day right here on Life's Today.
3: See you next time. Thanks for being with us.
0: tomorrow, Sheila Walsh shares from her heart a recent painful struggle and how she learned to let God take the burden of unforgiveness. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.